Michael Vincent, the dude. Oh, man. Hey, good Wednesday afternoon. Rain-soaked uh, Heart of Freight Alley uh, this week, eh? Rain-soaked Heart of Freight Alley. Rain-soaked, you know, brother. <laughs> in just a minute here, we're going to talk to Rachel Premack about yeah. her hatred of, of big ships. She's uh, an original big ship uh, detractor, okay. hater, whatever you want to yeah. call it. But I was looking at some baseball numbers. You want to talk about disparity and oligopolies. Look at the Atlanta Braves, Los Angeles Dodgers, the New York Mets, and the Yankees spending, what, $3 million, $280 million. Dude, The top no. of the, the MLB pay list is just insane, especially this year. Last time I looked at one of these things was, like, back when uh, – like 2004, as a Red Sox fan, you would look for reasons to talk s about like the Yankees and excuses for why yeah, the team yeah, couldn't yeah, yeah, beat yeah. them, and it'd be like, well, they spend you know twenty million dollars. Yeah, more so, but they don't have market sharing for like small market teams or anything like that. Look, this is how bad it is. Yeah. The Braves pay more for their injured reserve list yes. than Baltimore spends in their total payroll. Baltimore spending three hundred and thirty-three million <laughs> on there. Not good. Marlins is an interesting one. The Marlins are at fifty-six, but they actually, you know, they win a championship once. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. Hey, check it out. We oh, received yeah. our uh, potato salad trophies, my yes. friend. Speaking check these up. out. Shane Brown. Peace you and had love. to buy your way to victory. This was like I spent five dollars on mine, and you spent uh, one hundred million on yours. That's that's what happened. I bought. Oh, that, <laughs> yeah, that's right. My payroll, my potato salad payrolls here. But hey, in honor of this, we're going to have a wheel of stupid questions. But I don't. I I, I think we wait and ask Rachel because she's the type who will look up the answer while we're talking to her. Yeah, we'll go I to her in cheese. just a second. But one thing I just want to mention here is uh, big news came out this morning. Amazon's show this one up here. Amazon's consumer chief Dave Clark is joining supply chain unicorn Flexport. Flexport, not Flex pork. Flex pork would be like their. I don't know, pig division. That's like or Beyond Meat type of yeah, thing. Yeah, no, it's Flexport. <laughs> As co CEO, founder Ryan Peterson, he's going to move to an executive chairman role next week. Forbes has a big uh, write up on him, but if you actually go to Ryan's, Ryan's uh, Twitter, he actually has a big thread he wrote about all the decision going on in this, so you can hear it straight from the uh, horse's mouth. Yeah, but I let's like tip it. the band. Autonomous trucks are coming with a huge potential windfall. If you're ready to seize it, start re-engineering your supply chain for autonomy today. Contact Locomation at Locomation AI. For what? Turnkey Solutions immediately, yeah. man. Put a dot between there, too. Locomation.ai. Turkey Solutions. Right on, turkey man. Solutions. Get some Turkey Solutions and some Flex Pork. All right. Well, it's uh, Rachel Premack, Editorial Director at Freightways, who I believe is in like a new location each time. I don't think she's ever been in the same location and, twice, and but she question. always has a plant over her shoulder. Yeah, I got to, a question uh, about that fern. Unify the thread. What's up, Rachel? Hey, guys. I am trying to figure out where which which of these marvelous New York City places to make my permanent co-working space. So, yes, I'm in yet another new location. Where are you now? In like a hallway or something? I, I see the exit door. Real, I am, I'm in the common space, which is why I'm talking very quietly, so uh, not to piss off everyone who I might be working with. See, um, I think that's an excuse, Dooner. I think she's hiding from someone. I, yeah, I think are there shipping executives sitting around hiding. there or something? You see someone wearing those uh, Merc Pumas or something to tip you off? <laughs> Merc Pumas. Mm. You seen those? Those yeah. are pretty sharp. Yeah, they are, they are sweet. <laughs> Well, you recently put out an article titled How We Are All Paying for the Shipping Giant's $150 billion Windfall. Fill us in. What's happening to us? Why are we paying for this? Right. So I talked to Olaf Mark at the OECD, who's really the original um, 
big ship disrespecter. I'm I'm a newbie compared to him. He's been writing mm. about this for years and years, tons of research on it. And his argument, or one of his big arguments, is that, and and I and I mentioned this in my piece a few weeks ago, is that we as consumers are paying for the sort of the the changes to the ports, the, you know, raising the Bayonne Bridge, uh, increasing all these sorts of infrastructure pieces so that ports can accommodate these larger and larger ships, and the the ocean carriers basically get away with not paying. Uh, for these port improvements. And the other interesting point is that uh, when you look at these port improvements, you know, the ports are not aligned with each other. They're kind mm. of competing to each with each other. It's almost a race to the bottom. But the ocean carriers, they are aligned and they can kind of, you know, uh, work together to make some of these business choices. They are, there's fewer of them if they say, okay, this port is going to do well we want to work with this port, they can kind of make or break certain ports depending on who they decide to work with. Now, you wouldn't say they're like colluding together, would you? <laughs> I, I noticed you, no, I, that word's no. in your vocabulary, and I noticed you, no. you did not use it. We are still waiting for, you know, the FMC came out with a report last week saying that uh, these ocean carriers are not doing any sort of, or at least from their evidence so far, there's no evidence of um, collusion or there's no evidence of collusion and that there is vigorous competition in the ocean carrier space. Not everyone agrees with that, but that is according to the FMCs, the, F- the FDC, as well as the DOJ's uh, review of competition in the ocean well, carrier space. Well, well, then why did they need an I, exemption? Michael Vincent, hold on a second. Will <laughs> Friedman, he is the port director over in Cleveland. I just, because this is what she's talking about here. He wrote right. half a trillion Profit through the pandemic and better margins than big tech, yet FMC finds vigorous competition. I think we can uh, crown liner shipping the new king of oligopolies. Get out your wallets. Powerful <laughs> words from a port director. Yeah, I, I don't. Yes, well, yeah. I don't disagree. And, I, and so why, the, why did they get the exemption, uh, you know, years back <laughs> from 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 the laws of collusion instead of they're not. Doing, OK, whatever. I, I don't know. But what about this yeah, infrastructure? I mean, Are we getting a better deal? I mean, is it like baseball where you pay for the new stadium and then the Braves go out and spend all the money, all their money on and, and buy World Series? Or, or are we actually getting better service because of this infrastructure investment that we're all forced to pay? Well, according to uh, Mr. Merck at the OECD, uh, there has been evidence of, you know, actually declining service rates that actually the ocean carriers have been not servicing ports at the same sort of level that they did pre-COVID. And, you know, you could you could point to a variety of labor issues or other sorts of pandemic-related issues for that. But for now, it seems that this sort of um, aligned structure, which has been happening for quite a few decades, but we've really seen how how sharp it is now uh, with this sort of increased consolidation in the space. Um, it does seem that increased consolidation has coincided with decreased service from the ocean carriers. Mm. What's going on with the rates and demand right now? I think we have a chart right here. We can see rates. You can see, I mean, it's still, a, show those rates, please. You can see it's a massive mountain, but it's dropping down. Yeah, so Henry Byers, our ocean experts, uh, wrote yesterday about how, um, according to Fredo's container spot rates, uh, spot rates from China to the West Coast to move a container across uh, the Trans-Pacific, 
that's actually plunged 38% month over month. Um, we're seeing that container imports bound for the U.S. have dropped 36% since May 24th, um, and that's just measuring departing container volumes uh, at the port of origin, say in China or elsewhere in, in East Asia. Um, basically, what we're seeing is that imports are dropping, capacity is the same, and as a result, we're seeing rates decline uh, off a cliff, as Henry wrote yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe this has something to do with it. We have a video from uh, The Morning Brew. It's a TikTok about Target. Let's play that. It's <laughs> awesome. It's oversupply season here at Target, and we've got everything you need. Too much, in fact. We built up our inventory 43% last quarter. So outdoor furniture, small appliances, and electronics, holy shit, we've got warehouses of this stuff. And they're perfect for every occasion. Father's Day coming up, why not get him 36 outdoor cabanas? Need a gift for that special someone? How about 12 bar carts? Is it Saturday? How about you buy more headphones than you'll ever need? Even if you just stop in our parking lot, we'll throw saucepans at your car until you take 18 of them. If you touch a single piece of furniture, you have to buy it, or Target will arrest you and force you to buy enough plastic reusable cups to choke away. We know that you customers have altered the way you spend right now. And we're here to say, stop that. Our stock went down 25% because we missed earnings. Running this business is not cheap. You know how much it costs to ship trail mix right now? There's no way this is sustainable. So this oversupply season, don't spend less. Just spend differently. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, look, but this has been a big driver in what's been going on in Ocean Freight, right? That that evaporating consumer demand. And we're starting to see it in earnings that retailers are there. Um, long before that, there had been arguments from various people on the website LinkedIn about uh, us saying that the sky was falling and whatnot. Oh, yeah. But we're actually Sky's seeing falling. retailers talk about this. We already had the small trucking carriers talk about what was happening in their market to them. And now we're actually seeing the big players start to talk about it. Some insight there, Rachel. Yeah, so when you look at Target's inventory, there uh, in the last quarter, it swelled by 43%, uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, last year, or, or sorry, rather in the second quarter, Target's inventory is up 43% compared to the uh, Q2 of 2021, but sales have only grown by 3%. So inventory is up 43%, sales are only up 3%. Um, so we're and we're seeing this in other kind of major retailers. Abercrombie and Fitch and American Eagle also uh, reported major inventory increases by forty five and forty six percent. Walmart, uh, Home Depot, all these sort of big box retailers are seeing more and more inventory, but sales are not keeping up. Yeah, you know what? I've heard Michael Vincent. I heard bid season is dead. I heard bid season is dead this year because. People are so concerned with these disruptions coming out of China. The market's been too too volatile. Nobody wants to do full-on year-on bids that they're not going to honor anyway. Maybe we're finally seeing the contracts yeah, yeah, yeah. are BS in this uh, business. Can you send Rachel to the, the wheel before we send oh. her home? Oh, here it is. She's going to win this time. Here it is. Are you ready, Rachel? Yes. What, what we got? How much does the most valuable Hot Wheel cost? I'm going to guess... Ten million dollars. Oh wow! All right, she went. She went. Um, well, I wouldn't say if you went high or low. Do not show that image. We'll show that at the end of the show. Thank you, boys. Yes, please. Sometimes they put stuff. I I'm, gonna look up the I'm like, don't, don't spoil it. Greg is in the bullpen. I'm not going to say it. I mean, Price is right. She's out. You can't go over. You got to be nearest with that. Without going. Sorry, you're over. So you already said it is not eleven million or whatever you said. Rachel, when's modes come out tomorrow? Tomorrow AM, and it will be all about the target inventory. This whole inventory conversation. Beautiful. So taking Sweet. a break from boats for a minute. 
Nice. I've seen some interesting data today, and I heard it might be in your newsletter mm -hmm. about declining truckloads even visiting Target. So not only are we seeing the broader market, but now we're getting more incisive retail data on some of yeah, this stuff too. Yeah. Exciting times. Yeah. Rachel, thank you for coming on. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks I'll be waiting. Me. I'll be waiting for my big ship disrespecter society shirt. Yeah, we need to make those. We need. We need to make some. Uh, <laughs> I'm down. We got right do it. All right. <laughs> we'll catch you next week. Anyway, so we were able to go out, Michael Vincent. We went out last, uh, right after last Wednesday's What the Truck. We jumped in the car we together. We grabbed our videographer self. Yes. And we took a trip down to USA yes. Truck. Here's a video from our trip out to Roanoke, Virginia. I like a rest stop with a pasture. See, the cow didn't spin on me. No. We were, uh, well, not that cow. We didn't ask him about the potato salad, that's why. That's true. Plus, I was just warming up to the farm animals at this point. I think we were considering maybe Choose. talking to some drivers here. Here we go. Cruising in our outback. Yeah, it was about <laughs> what, like five, five and a half hour drive, but not bad. Yeah. Look at them. I love the stickers on the back. Check I it love out, that. man. Look, we have arrived. This event was really cool, and we'll get into it in this. Uh, this Ballyhack Country Club is a nice place, man. Very hilly. You can see why the goat would be. It's, uh, it's hey, I'm Dooner here with the dude. We're down in Roanoke, Virginia at Ballyhack Golf Course for what, Tim? For the America's Trucker Inaugural Golf Tournament. <laughs> and it's benefiting Folds of Honor. <laughs> it is benefiting Folds of Honor. We just heard an amazing rendition of the national anthem. Uh, we heard we heard them say the Pledge of Allegiance. Everyone's getting their golf carts ready. It's going to be a big event. What do we have to look forward to today? Well, man, it, this this thing is all about America, right? Oh, yeah. you know, right here, Memorial Day. The, the, the timing was for the golf tournament just worked out perfect for that. Uh, USA Truck, our brand, our red, white, blue, our veteran. They founded a, a company, Bob Powell. And then today, uh, we had a dinner last night, uh, kick off the AT brand. Everybody understand what, what that's all about. It's about charitable giving, giving back, and serving others. And today, out here on the course, we've got most of our suppliers, most of our vendors out here. We've got 18 teams on 18 holes with shotgun start. You guys are going to be roaming around. We're going to have a great time. Yeah, we just saw Todd from Freight Waves just drive by. Go Team Freight Waves. They better win it for us out there. Somewhere. So you talked about the charity you're giving, right? It's all about that. So what is this benefit? So we raised scholarships for six six families of veterans who are disabled or maybe deceased. And we had a speaker last night, Christian Mazik, told his story about his father who was an Air Force veteran. Uh, who passed away, and Christian didn't know what was going to happen you know, with him. He wanted to go to college, and uh, Foles Vonner stepped in and, and paid for his scholarship for four years, and uh, you know he's in, in computer science, doing really well today, and we're just thrilled to hear his story last night. That's so, excellent work. Thanks for having us out here. Let's go hit the links. Awesome. Let's do Thank it. you, guys. Let's go. Thank you. Super accommodating, too. We needed oh, two yeah. golf carts, and we made sure we had them. I wanted one of those caddies boards, though, those surfboards they were cruising around in. I'm going to see one of those in there. They had a lot of holes to win money on, like the insurance holes. But I don't know yeah, if anybody sunk here, one. Yeah, what hole is this? Fifth hole. We're standing here at the ah. fifth hole. With whom am I talking to right now? Uh, Brooks McMahon and Nick Colmanero. Oh, love Convoy. Convoy. Love Convoy, Convoy. Team. Right. right. We're super excited to be here to support the America's Trucker Tournament and our partnership at USA Truck. So thanks for coming out here, guys, and supporting us. Now, yeah, so at you. the future of supply chain, we had Convoy versus Emerge versus oh, J.B. Hunt right. in the first ever freight wheelbarrow race. Convoy didn't win. Why is Convoy going to win this golf tournament today? Our partner's over here, I think. We got <laughs> <laughs>
It was beautiful weather, too. There were, like, non-stop uh, threats of thunderstorms. Yeah. What an idiot. That sounded real. This is our morning session. We were here until, like, what, maybe two? And then the yeah. well, these money the holes putt. sure can be frustrating. Oh, I, broke I broke mine here trying to win 2500 bucks. I'm doing it with, uh, who are you today? I'm Dwight with uh, USA Truck. I'm on the sales team. Now, Dwight, sales team. How'd you do over there on the course? We're trying to sell it. You're trying to sell it? Yeah. Yeah. Sell it to us. Sell it to the audience out here. Did you do well? Yeah, we, we're having a lot of fun. Can't make any putts, but that's not what it's about today. Yeah. Well, I heard this was originally your golf club, sir. What happened uh, here? Uh, just pure strength. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of speed limiters, though, the one annoying thing is, uh, by the way, we didn't like you're seeing our awful strokes here and I will <laughs> I will cop through it. But we did not have drivers. They gave us just wedges. Job putting this together and Tim and everybody. That's true. What do you hope everyone leaves here thinking about, though? I mean, honestly, our priority this week is Folds of Honor. We're trying mm -hmm. to raise money for scholarships for kids uh, that, you know, have lost a loved one um, in the service of our country. And, you know, what greater opportunity do we have to give back to them? than to do something like that. And then totally secondary and a distant second to that is just, you know, the opportunity to kind of get our brand out there, the America's Trucker brand, which we think just kind of epitomizes, um, you know, the ethos of being a trucker, being hardworking, being yeah. durable, being, you know, just just something that's real for people. So we're just delighted. We're great, thankful for guys like the Packard guys who give so much to our community, but to our company and to our industry. So, and we thank you guys for being here. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. All right. Thank Thanks, you. man. Good to see you. Odds on favorite to win that tournament, he was James Reed. Everybody oh, said everybody he's going to win. That. Look at Tuner. I had to pull him off of the beach. You know, <laughs> you have a lot of time on the golf course. That's the one thing that, that's going on. Oh, there. gosh. Bad memories here. Oh, he's coming over. Billy, go. Hey, Bill. Come on over here. Hey, how many golf balls can you fit in a 53 foot trailer? Oh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> You see that? You spit on me, man. What's up with that? Hey, cool, man. Come Ridiculous. Your mouth you sneeze. Timmy the goat, famous for spitting on people. Famous for spitting on people. But somehow you still won the uh, the trophy on these um, on these Hot Wheels. Yeah, I got right. the runner-up one. For well, he wasn't one. reviewing for real the potato salad. Self just put these shots into embarrass us. I think. I I guess I don't know. I'm a little bit more dangerous if there's like windmills on the course and like maybe a eight foot clown faces, T-Rex, clown faces and stuff. Yeah. All right, here we are. Downtown Roanoke. Now, if you haven't been to Roanoke, it's really it, it's a really quirky place. Everything's a little bit like off, but I'm not saying that necessarily in a bad way. It's just everything's a little bit not different than you'd expect. Like <laughs> the Pinball Museum, was for example. Right. Yeah, this was like their cultural center here. Check out these repurposed Slurpee straws. <laughs> This is Roanoke, Virginia's sovereign koi pond. These koi, they live independent of the government of Roanoke, Virginia, which is just amazing. <laughs> they're almost like their lost colony of koi. Did you know, quick fact about the koi, did you know that a koi fish can recognize the person that feeds it and will actually come to them when they bring up food? It's a fact. That, that would make more sense if you're up there, too, because that upstairs was completely abandoned. Yeah, it was. There's, like, bird's nests and hornet's nests all over the place. <laughs> it was. <laughs> and just those koi fish. And just koi fish. For some reason. 
this place here, so there, this was like their cultural center, and apparently this was a video game museum, and it's down like all of these different hallways. We had to we had to walk through to uh <laughs> to get over there and uh, and check it out. Actually, the best place. Documentary that we're making here. Well, we got a trivia question. No one's even like really come close. How many golf balls? Just golf balls, not in boxes or anything. How many golf balls do you think it fit in a 53 foot trailer? In a 53 foot yeah. trailer. Regular drive in. Like a. Okay, I'm gonna say forty-seven thousand. Not even close. We're in the four million range here. No. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Really? Well, his maths to be believed. We actually, this doesn't belong to this golf club. So it's a ceremonial thing. We're gonna give this to you when you get back to the office. We're gonna break a good golf club and give it to you. But this your office. That's your award for last place. It's been a great day, hasn't it? It has, man. Promoting the message of Folds of Honor and what America's Trucker is trying to do. If you know their brand and what they're trying to do for truck drivers, it's Amen. really great thing. We also got to this golf tournament and we didn't even know before we got here, but some of our own teammates from Freightways participated. Right here. And I see they got a 69. Nice. They did. They did. That. Congratulations. Bragging in and uh, Todd Davis were leading that team. Todd Davis. You know, the award for uh, most honest teams probably got to go to Rush Truck though with the 87. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably yeah, keeping the scratch cards They're probably right. the only ones who actually use the electronics one without the uh, uh, eraser. Probably what happened. Now, what's your takeaway from this? I thought it was a. I thought it was a really interesting event. Uh, people's atmosphere, even despite what's going on in the market, despite what's going on with the recession, all that, people seemed pretty upbeat and positive about networking and doing deals. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's exact. I think that's exactly it. It was like our our uh, event in Arkansas. Yeah, people were happy to get out, and people. Uh, I think it's a representative of the entire nation, really, maybe even the world. Because people just want something good to happen, and so they're out and they're making it happen. You right. make a, you make a great point here because this event ties in the charity and yes. the work that they're trying to do there, the yes. scholarship that they're trying to give out. Six different scholarships. Six different scholarships, and that brings people together. That's the unity that we're looking for now. Amen. Anyway, Matt, dude, it's a wrap. What a beautiful yeah. day. Uh, really excited to be here. We've got a little dinner going on, I guess. Here's the good news, too. Here's the good oh. news. They said that next year is going to be even bigger. Oh, yeah, bigger. More badass yeah. and more companies included, and this golf tournament is going to be expanded, so... Start practicing now because it was really competitive out there today. Yeah, yeah. You got to reach out to Tim Quinn and you got to reach out to a James Reed because this was the inaugural and it, 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 was, it was great. It was a really well attended event uh, and lots of fun. And they're just going to make it bigger and bigger and better asser. And really great. Yeah. Better asser. Hey, what the truck out, yeah. man. Better asser. <laughs> Batter asser. Batter asser. You know, we, and, and when I say competitive, it's because Freightways finished eighth in that tournament, which was middle of the pack. There were 16. But yeah. it was even a little bit worse because a couple teams got um, got, a, got eliminated. They didn't even finish. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, Greg Braun is here. He's a CRO over at C3 Solutions. He's passionate about cutting down wait times for drivers and all that stuff. Greg, thanks for joining us on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, quite the golf tournament you were Quite the swing there, Dooner. Yeah, it was a good time. It was nice to be out in the, uh, in, the, in the sun and to get out of the office. It's, that was the big difference between, like, this year and the past years. We can actually go places now, you know, and I'm sure you've seen yeah. that with meetings and with clients. It's just been, uh, it's been a lot easier. It's been a lot easier mentally. But when you were coming on, I was doing a little research on you, Greg, and I saw that you went to the University of Saskatchewan. And usually when I look up guests, I look at what school they go to, and it's like, okay, that sports team went there. Here's something. But as I was researching the University of Saskatchewan, apparently this is, like, the height of paranormal activity at this school. Did you see anything haunted when you were there? 
Well, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's the urban legend. Um, and, and, you know, actually, I, my first year of university at the U of S, I actually stayed on campus. So, you know, that probably could explain a lot of things. Uh, who knew? I mean, I was, uh, you know, we, it was a bit of a blur, but, um, you know, you're speaking of sport, sports teams, though, our U of S Huskies. I'm sure we've been giving nightmares to everybody in our in that Canada West division because we're, you know, we're the winning most, the, the most winning football team in that division. So. But, you know, paranormal, I'm not an expert on the paranormal, I got to admit. Well, the weirdest one we saw was that students working late at night in the law, in the law library have claimed to see a robed figure wandering around silently. The figure supposedly collects old pieces of rebar to build a sculpture in an unknown location. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. Come. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? It's, it's a really, it's a spooky looking campus, actually. A lot of gothic type buildings. So I don't know. Who knows? That's a passion. You were doing your own research up in Ballyhead. I, I was? Oh, no, yeah, right here. Looking up, uh, what is it, Sasquatch? I don't know. They haven't <laughs> muted anyway. You didn't even get that. Oh, they do have. Did you guys play that not muted? <laughs> no. They, no. I All right, so. never mind. Oh, All right, well. Sasquatch. Real or myth? Okay. Sasquatch, real right. Jokes me- always work great when you have to do yeah, them twice. All right, let's better. show some yeah. wait times from Sonar. How about that, guys? Let's take a look at what's going on in wait times. Let's take a look here. All right, what's going on? Wait, Vincent, you break this down for us. And we'll yeah, talk to so Greg these are uh, the blue line there is wait times this year, and then you have a previous years, uh, 19 in purple, uh, 20 in orange, and green in 21. Uh, and uh, just showing the difference that has gone on since uh, we've had uh, the issue here. We're not back down really to pre-pandemic levels, but our wait time is below pre-pandemic levels. That's right. pretty good. That's right? I mean, not, not what are we bad. at, 121, does that say? Uh, 121, right? Not right the now. lowest in 2019 was about so 2000. Wait, like on the average, you got to wait one minute over. But in general, yeah. a lot of drivers, they wait much longer like this big yeah. issue in the industry. Greg, is your tech what is helping drive these wait times down? Yeah, well, we'd like to think so. I mean, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, warehouses that are out there today. I know I'm talking to them almost every day. They don't have any tech. So, you know, what, you know, what we do at C3 is um, th- there's a couple of things. One, we have a, a, a dock scheduling system, which helps shippers essentially have that strategic capacity plan so they can have that optimal data to kind of maximize the throughput. And then in addition to that, we've just come up with a new product called C3 Hive, which is a, a real-time visibility play. So it allows drivers to actually kind of do the airport check-in thing. So a driver that's coming to one of our customer sites they're actually able to use their mobile phone check-in in advance. So now our customer has that visibility and, you know, drivers still get delayed and so forth. And, you know, as much as you have a perfect schedule. So when that does happen, there's always other drivers that, you know, if you're driving a thousand miles, you're not going to show up five minutes early. You might be f- six hours early. And uh, now our customers have that visibility and they're able to bring guys in earlier when people do get delayed for whatever reason. So, so yeah, it's, it's having a major impact on, on kind of reducing driver wait times. Yeah, so uh, if they bring up the next chart here for a second, I, I brought up the, here's a map of the United States, right? And the color there is our, our wait times, right? Darker blue is lower wait times actually on this chart and lighter lighter colors are higher wait times. And the elevation there is volumes, right? And the reason I put this together is it doesn't necessarily coincide that if you have larger volumes, you're less efficient, right? Mm. What are some of those issues that are there that you need to solve for to be efficient, even though you have tons of tons of freight, right? You want volume and efficiency. Yeah. So, what do you, I guess what you're saying is the the 
what's driving wait times is not just the amount not of trucks necessarily showing up at the volumes. Dock. No, not num- necessarily number of, mm-hmm. of trucks. Greg? Yeah, well, I mean, exactly, exactly. I mean, that's what we're seeing as well. I mean, it, it, it all comes down to how, how well organized are you? I mean, yeah. um, because because a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, people that I'm talking to, they don't actually have, they don't have any kind of a process. So, um, you know, and I, and I was having a, giving a talk the other day and I was, and I was trying to compare it to, to what we deal with at the airport. So think about when you, before we were checking in with our, our smartphones at the, at the airport, um, imagine the day you show up and for whatever reason, there's a massive line of, of people wanting to check in and, and it was pure insanity. Well, I mean, the same thing happens in a warehouse. We, we see that all the time. Everyone wants that, you know, six o'clock, seven o'clock in the morning uh, spot. So guess what? They all show up and, and you see those places, you drive by and you see this massive line of trucks. And that usually is the, the reason that that line is there is because that, that, that company didn't have an actual scheduling process in place. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. drivers just figure, Hey, you know what? It's, it's, uh, I don't, you know, I don't have an appointment there. I'm just going to show up and you know, them and everyone else. So that's really not the way you want to do things. You need to have a, a well you know, thought out plan. And, um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's what we do. And that's how we, you know, we help kind of uh, people alleviate those problems because ultimately when they're coming to us, it's because probably their their main carriers have come to them and say, "Hey, look, you guys got to fix this problem because if you don't, you're just not going to get any. You know, our drivers our drivers won't go to your location, and that's that that's what it comes down to." Well, Greg, a couple of months ago, you and I uh, we you came on the show, and Vincent was here too, and we talked about Dave Carell from MIT. He put out a research paper a few months ago that was talking about if you could reduce wait times by 18 minutes, you would solve the utilization issue and the driver shortage issue and all those things. And I know that you and I will be actually connecting with the man himself soon enough to talk about this issue. But uh, but has that that paper came out a couple of months ago? Have you put any thought into that since? And and are you seeing the impacts of that? What are your clients saying? who use your service? Yeah, well, I mean, I've definitely thought about that. I mean, we've been, we've been actually beating that drum ever since uh, Dave put that research out there. And, and that is, is definitely something that, uh, I mean, if you look at it, um, you know, if you, if you do the, or not even do the math, if you look at his report, his, he was basically saying that, that drivers on average drive 6.5 hours per day. So there's clearly way too much wait time out there. So, so yeah, I mean, and customers are coming to me and just, and because again, their carriers are going to them saying like, look, why is my driver waiting so long at your site? And, and what's refreshing, I guess, about Dave's research is that, you know, prior to that, almost everyone assumed that it was really just a driver shortage problem. We just didn't have enough drivers. But when you look at, which is, which is a very difficult problem to solve, um, but when you look at Dave's research, there's a lot of hope actually, because I mean, effectively, we've got 40% capacity that's just, that's on the table right now and we're not using. So, uh, and we are seeing that. I mean, that's, that's what people are telling us that, hey, we have to be able to use that time better. Uh, and, and when drivers see the solutions, um, they're saying, wow, it's about time. What, you know, why didn't you guys do this sooner type of thing? So that's an interesting thing because you, you mentioned the driver saying, hey, why didn't you do this sooner? Who's the tougher sell? Who's harder to convince, the driver, uh, uh, the shipper, or the, or the carrier as an entity? 
Well, it's definitely not the driver. Um, and I think for shippers, it's just a question of priorities. Mm. Um, you know, it's the, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the, gets the grease. So, um, you know, when we often, you know, companies will come to us and, and we're, they're looking at our product, but it just doesn't have the, the, the priority right now. And, and again, um, I think with, with the downward pressure on rates right now, I think, unfortunately, that priority is going to go elsewhere just because, hey, um, there's a lot of capacity right now. So, um, okay, so you, you drop the ball and, and drivers are, are waiting too long. There's somebody else around the corner, which is definitely not the right way to think about it. And, you know, I think it's a major contributor to, to driver attrition out there. But, um, you know, it comes down to that, Michael. I mean, it's just people, it's a priority thing. Uh, but drivers are definitely not, you know, holding things up because, uh, you know, I was on with a customer at a customer's location uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we just introduced this technology at this place. And, um, you know, you're always thinking guys are going to be resisting it. But I was just totally amazed at how, you know, when the drivers saw what was up, they were just like, hey, I'm, let's, you know, what took you so long? I'm, I'm in, you know, it's like uh, it's it's uh, it's been it was really uh, it was pretty cool to see. Good stuff. Good stuff, Greg. And you, you make a great point there. I mean, we're an industry that, you know, we focus on our problems only when they happen. And then when there's actually time to address them or time to do something about them, we quickly abandon them for new problems. Uh, but before we let you go, exactly. let, me, let, let, let me ask you our question of the day. What do you think the value is of the most expensive Hot Wheel? Jeez, I should know this kind of stuff because my wife just is constantly watching Antique Roadshow. Oh. Um, I, I don't know. 50 grand? Ooh, we'll keep too that. low. We've had too high now, and we've had too low, but we'll keep that in mind. Greg? He's the closest without going over so far. He was the closest without going over. Greg, thank you so much. Go check out C3 Solutions, and uh, do your drivers a favor and help them cut down their wait times. Thanks, Greg. Thanks a lot, guys. Right on. With fully furnished, state-of-the-art repair trucks and a full array of roadside tools, you can expect the safest, fastest, and most painless response from your fleet from Love's Truck Care and Speed Co., by the way, on that road trip, we stopped at a pilot. Yes, we, uh, did. we stopped at uh, a Marriott, and we stopped at yes. a Loves and the Loves was by. And I'm not just saying that because they're sponsoring the show, although that is nice of them as well. I'm glad <laughs> really the nicest is, rest stop we stopped true. in is sponsoring the show. Yeah. To learn more about their roadside assistance, please visit. Hey, go to loves.com or go to the Loves on uh, 81 in Virginia. It yeah, was awesome. underlighting on the hand on the candy and everything. That really <laughs> that sold great. you a lot of beef jerky. Loved Let's it. talk to Andrew Teal now. He's director of strategic operations at Advanced Cargo, as well as a, uh, a veteran himself. Sir, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. I uh, really enjoyed being with you guys. Thanks. Well, you are, uh, you're one of the most uh, respected mans around on my Twitter feed. Tell me a little bit about uh, your Navy experience. Though. What's that taught you about logistics? Uh, you know, honestly, I got out of high school. I bounced around for a long time. I didn't join the Navy till I was 25. So, wow. um, was a little bit older, probably got a little bit more out of it than, than most, mm -hmm. uh, young knuckleheads do. Uh, but I was a linguist intelligence analyst. So from a logistics perspective, uh, it quite frankly, you know, just taught me how to think a little bit differently. Not a lot of carryover between intelligence and, and linguists to, yeah. uh, logistics, um, but you well, know, what, is that? That, what, is, you know uh, what does one do? Because, yeah, you're right. There's no. So I, as someone in logistics, I have no idea what that job would entail. So um, without getting into the classified side of it, it's just translation. You know, you speak a, a different language, you're a subject matter expert, maybe for an area of the world or a specific country. And you help uh, frontline decision makers understand what's going on in, in that area. 
Oh, not like a wind talker though. You weren't like intercepting feeds in foreign languages, and or is that the class? Maybe that's the class. Uh, um, sure, no, absolutely not. <laughs> All right, well, maybe got better movies. movies. Top Gun or Top Gun Maverick? Oh, of the two, I prefer the original. Yeah. Did you yeah. see the new one? Quite yeah. frankly, yes, I've seen the the new one twice. I've seen the first one. I don't know, sixty, seventy times probably as a kid, and you know, I'm from that generation. But I, I really enjoyed. Uh, more the air to air work in, in the first one and in the second one, you know, the, uh, the movie seemed to focus more on the a part of the FA 18. So, uh, really wasn't, you know, in my wheelhouse for that. Well, hopefully one day we can play in a little beach volleyball to boys of summer. <laughs> that would be great. Well, Hey, what are you, what, <laughs> you, you are, you, you are, you look at the market all the time, right? What are you seeing in the market right yes. now from your perspective, just from your desk, not even broadly, just what are you seeing from where you sit? I, where, where I sit, where, where we work now, you know, with Advance, we, we do a lot of uh, flatbed, step deck, Conestoga type work, and that's still very, very robust. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only from a, a shipping perspective, but also just rates and things like that. Um, obviously, with a history that you know, I've, I've been at three PLs and and um, you know other asset carriers overall. You know, I'm seeing a lot of the uptick in carriers reaching out looking for freight. You know, say three, four months ago, I might get an email once a day. Now I'm getting two, three an hour saying, hey, I've got trucks available. What can you do? Um, I would say there's there's definitely a, a softening of demand, um, but I don't necessarily and I haven't seen where I'm calling carriers and are like, hey, we're just out of it. We're out of business. We're not doing this anymore. Yeah. Um, so, you know, really great kudos to to the participants, you know, the drivers. You know, I, I posted something a while back about I don't know how these guys are doing it with fuel being what there is, uh, but you're seeing a lot of really great creative entrepreneurs out there uh, that have, have taken on, you know, owning their own truck here in the last couple of years, uh, figuring out on the fly, you know, building the airplane as it's going through the air type of, type of situation. So market-wise, I'd, I'd say, you know, we're seeing a softening. We still have really kind of the busiest time of the summer to come up here before the 4th. It'll probably get, and it should get typically a little bit quiet after, and then we get into back to school, you know, Q4. Um, a lot can change between now and then uh, and, yeah. and how quickly retailers start pulling forward stock for that Q4 will be interesting to see if they anticipate, you know, Chinese problems or not with, yeah. with getting uh, ordering over. So, so Andrew, let me, let me ask you this from your customers side, uh, you know, you talk about the carriers and, you know, you got some calling looking for freight, that type of stuff. And they've done a great job. I think a lot of the owner operators that came on board came from big enterprise and had some, uh, had some experience and, and better able to understand some things, but from your customer sides, how have you seen demands change as we come out of the pandemic and, and kind of have this little bit of a lull here going on? Well, you know, it's it's interesting. So I, I fairly new here at Advance, and, and what we do here is a lot of uh, LTL alternative. I'd call mm-hmm. it in the uh, flatbed and, and Conestoga area. So demand wise, you know, we're seeing the ability to combine uh, a lot more of that LTL alternative onto the contract LTL type work instead of common carrier. Um, but just you know, it's like everything else, you know. Short notice sometimes, sometimes you have long notice, all depends on the project. We do a lot of project work with our customers, meeting cranes, uh, meeting, you know, delivery appointments to that. So it's uh, it's probably hard for me to say how demand has really changed because these are projects that have been, you know, in yeah. place for months, you know, long before the market shift 
here in the last couple months. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it sustains or, or works through this current change in the marketplace. Uh, but, you know, freight we're moving today was, was planned to move maybe a year ago already. So uh, maybe a little bit different than your typical, uh, hey, I've got, you know, 13 loads of bottled water to move. You know, it's got to go Friday. Can you get it there by Sunday type of stuff? Yeah, I mean, look, managing supply chains is, is brutal right now. I mean, and you're seeing like these reports out of, mm-hmm. out of Target. You're hearing demands uh, falling off, but you're not sure because, I mean, look, like you mentioned, you also have to start thinking about back to school and sure. Christmas and sure. uh, how mismatched your freight is and how much warehouse space is available. Do you think that there is an import tsunami coming or do you think there's a pullback coming by by retailers and importers? I think given, you know, what I've seen FreightWaves put out and, and other people, really smart people talk about, you know, what has to happen with Shanghai. I'm not seeing it in the near term, which has me nervous uh, as, as those retailers kind of work through their inventory situation. Um, I think everybody's really willing to at this point, hey, let's take a break. Let's just take a two week breather. Let's find out what's really going on in the world mm-hmm. within our own ecosystem that we can get our hands around. Mm-hmm. Sorry for my cat. He's walking in front of the screen. Um, you know, so I think there's time on their end. Hey, we're full of inventory. I could take a breather for a couple of weeks to see what's going to happen and then make the decision there. I don't know necessarily that there's the tsunami coming because when I think about how my life has changed over the last two years and you're, you're sitting at home and I've been ordering off all these retailers' websites, I don't have room for more stuff. You know, I... I'd like to order stuff, you know, and, and, and patio furniture, um, right? But I just don't have the room. Yeah, you don't need so many chairs on your patio, exactly, right? So, many desks so in you your know, office. yeah. But you are in an interesting exactly. space. And I think I was, a lot of the stuff that has moved. So, Andrew, Andrew, I just want to make it clear what you guys are doing over there. You said the LTL. So I was in that space a little bit in LTL, and I saw a ton of freight that was LTL, but it was only LTL because it had nowhere else to go. Then in another life, we actually specialized that at backhaul lines. Can you explain kind of that a little bit of what what you guys are doing there with that specialty freight, what you guys specialize in? Sure. So, you know, a lot of talk over the last two years about how LTL carriers were getting really disciplined around – freight class, dimensions, weight, how much space was getting taken up in a trailer because, you know, shippers couldn't get their normal, you know, capacity in the marketplace. And they were just like, you know what, this is marginal. It's 14 pallets. I'm just going to dump this on an ODFL or whatever, right? So in our world, what what we're doing here at at Advance is we're working with those shippers that might, it takes up 13 feet, right? Or, Or 16 feet. Rather than put that on a full truckload, let's find somebody else to take that as a partial and skip the cross docks. Our, our customers ship pretty high value equipment uh, where if you do have that freight claim, unfortunately, with an LTL and you're starting to get paid out based on weight and, and class and things like that, instead of the actual you know cost of the equipment, uh, it's just not advantageous for a customer. So for us, what we do is we, we work with a really great group of relationship carriers and that's a, a common theme in the world these days is relationship carriers, but um, you know they, they've been great to us, and, and we try to stay great to them with that. Of, look, I'd like to put two pallets on your truck. It's worth a hundred thousand dollars, and there's no way I'm going to just dump that into the LTL network yeah. to cross dot six or seven times, you know, and things like that. So that's kind of our our specialty, um, and it's it's where we've we've had a lot of success over the last thirty years. That's where we're going to continue to have success. And, you know, it kind of dovetails into what we talk about markets and, and trucks and capacity is not monolithic. 
what I do is vastly different than what a, you know, say an Arrive Logistics or a Coyote Logistics does. Um, but we're, you know, we're all talking to carriers like they're all the same and it's just not true. And in the market, the outside people, non-freight people tend to look at, um, you know, brokerage and supply chain as it's all just one big monolithic thing. They kind of understand it from what they read in the paper about Amazon. And as far as they're concerned, everything's the same. The UPS yeah, truck the that picks up your level. package is not the one that delivers. Well, Andrew, yeah. I was going to say, even on the academic level, you you get so many people who I think they lose sight of the physical world of freight and they look yeah. at older or, or, or lagging mm-hmm. data and they try and break it down as if this is, like you said, one organism when it's really not. It's, it's not. quite a bit more complicated than that. This has been good stuff, Andrew. Yeah. We're just about out of time, but uh, we have our stupid question of the day, and it's what do you think the most expensive collector's hot wheel is? How expensive? I don't even know what a collector's hot wheel is, but you said 80000 on a, the last guest? Last well, it's, just a hot wheel. it's a hot wheel that's the last most desired and sought after hot wheel amongst hot wheel collectors. Yeah. Last, last guest was 50K. Yeah. 50K? Yeah. yeah. I would say 65.5. 65. 65.5. 65. Right. Well, higher, but, but still a little too low. Thank, yeah. thank you for your time today, he's, Andrew. He's winning right now. 65.5. He is winning. Oh, yeah, you are winning. So, But he's got two people after him who just heard that. So yeah, I know. So like, 65 5 oh, yeah, is probably the Rooster or Super Trucker have never like, watched the prices, right? A Rooster's like, $1. Yeah, it's exactly. like, you already lost. That's and Justin, Justin, I think, is maybe. No, well, we'll get the- them on. They're right here. Let's bring up Justin and Rooster from Back the Truck Up. You guys watch a, little, a lot of daytime TV in your, uh, your cabs, your sleeper cabs back in the day? Not, not, during not the day. really, I, but I am a big fan of Process Rod. Yeah. Okay, so did you I like Rooster uh, got kicked off the show for cheating, didn't he? Did, there's a documentary about a guy who was doing that. <laughs> you were supposed to talk about that. Well, I think the best thing about a showcase showdown is like uh, most people would probably take the tax money unless oh, yeah. like they offer you a yeah. bunch of stuff your wife would never let you buy, like like a trailer yeah, like and a some ATVs and six stuff. Gibson LGs and yeah, then you then you, uh, yeah. then you take it. Yeah. Well, guys, speaking of being in a cab, I got a quick video for you guys to 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 show you right here about someone bettering their cab. Let's show this video. She did a better job than I did in my house. Yeah, well, I didn't even bother. I just put mine on a stand. The problem with the mounting is then you got to take, like, in a house, you have to take the wires and you have to put them into the wall, or you can just make it look super janky and just hang there. Yeah, but, like, well, that's... I mean, yeah, but I built my house, so I the wires are in the wall. Well, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to plan for it. You built your house or someone else built your house? You guys well, I had someone build my house. What is actually. the number one improvement uh, either of you guys have put in your truck? Let's start with you, Rooster. I actually, exactly what she did way back when I was working with Schneider, you know, pulled out the uh, the top the, the top two screws on the, the vent mount, slap on the TV mount. There you go, you know, uh, laptop up to it. You got basically anything you want to see on there. Wow. So are you, so is that thing designed to hook a TV to, or is that just the hack? Every driver knows that right next that to the is, camera. That's the, that, that's the hack. Okay. That's the hack. So do you have to remove that TV while you're driving or is it good to go and you're going to, you're going to, no, it's you know, good to go. Okay. It's, you're not it's avoiding any warranties. Well, by no, it was so Isaiah yesterday, this was on freight waves now and he advised everyone to take it off. And I'm like, that sounds like a real pain in the ass to take your TV off. Every time you drive, there's drivers who don't even do pre-check inspections, let alone take a TV off every time. You probably have it if you get pulled over, it should be off though. Right? Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I, isn't it illegal to watch a movie while you're driving? Oh, no. He's just, she was saying off the roof. <laughs> oh, <the mouth>. oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, shut up. <laughs> well, no, the mouth's permanent mounted, so it's it's within DOT guidelines as long as it's solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super Trucker, yeah, what's yeah, the number one uh, quality of life improvement you put in a truck? Oh, definitely a microwave. Uh, when I drove, drove teen, when I was on military freight, the guy I was driving with, he 
ratchet strapped a microwave into the top of the cubby hole where a TV normally goes. And man, that made a big difference. Yeah, but when you use a microwave, you have dishes. And this is something who people who don't drive a truck, they probably yeah. don't think about this. Let's watch this video. This is how truck drivers wash their dishes. How do we wash dishes on the road? Spoiler for those of you on audio, you have to bring, she's bringing this in like a uh, lobster She's in a bathroom, she's in a bathroom at her truck stop washing She's got a big lobster pot and she's, she fills that with water and she puts it on in there and then she's just using it to wash the dishes and, uh, you know, I guess you just got to get over the, uh, the thought of washing your dishes inside the rest stop sink because you've seen some of those. They're not exactly pleasant. Guys, uh, tell me about the dishwashing <laughs> process. Let's start with you, Super Trucker. I never really had that many dishes on the road, to be honest. Everything I put in the microwave was like already... Just burritos? You know, eat burritos yeah, exactly. and like taco salads? Things oh, that come okay. in consumable containers. Yeah. Yes. A lot of lava inside of uh, pastry, like Hot Pockets, I guess you were... No, she's, she's eating pretty good. She's yeah. <laughs> no, she is. She's eating very, very well. Or healthy, at least. What about you? So, Rooster, yeah. where would you wash your dishes? At a Pilot, a TA, or, or, uh, or uh, Love's? Well, it, it had to be a high quality bathroom, you know. Uh, you, you see the guys going in with the suitcase and the big uh, duffel bag behind their back. Duffel bag is usually the pots and pans going in there. Ah. Uh, anything modern, you know. I'm I'm not going to take mine into you know the country store truck stop out in the out in the woods to do the dishes. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd rather just do them in just the bowl of water in the hot pot in the truck, then wash dishes there. If this that's the case, you think we should get a side hustle for back the truck up and just start uh, putting dishwashers, dishwashers at, at truck stops I mean, and just uh, we'll... if you can figure out how to make a business model behind it. Well, there you go. Here's something you might want, might not want to make a business model behind doing uh, an OnlyFans account when you drive down the road in Florida. Let's play this video. <laughs> that they can't put in the headline. Oh, that. Uh, that. ABC. <laughs> Ten minutes later. Nothing to see here. What happened? None look here. What's the conspiracy? Justin, is there some conspiracy? So let's, in the most PG-13 of terms, tell us what happened in this incident. Uh, pretty mild by Florida man standards. Nobody was, uh, <laughs> you know, nobody went zombie or anything. Uh, the news video on YouTube on their uh, ABC 10 channel got like over uh, 750,000 views within an hour, and then they just yanked it, so... I don't know if they were more embarrassed by the headline or. Well, okay, but for the audio listeners, <laughs> we got to tell them the headlines. So that's what I was trying to get at oh, here. So, yeah, yeah. So there was a naked Florida couple. This is what I was looking for. There's a naked Florida couple in the uh, in a car, right? Yeah, so it, an SUV. Yeah, yeah. They crashed into a FedEx truck. When the police came over, they found out some dirty behavior was going on at the time of the collapse. And was that was the driver injured in this this incident? Yes, unfortunately, uh, he was very very injured. So, oh, so did someone lose a member during it, like in uh, World According no, to Garp? Or, partially, no, partially. Oh, partially. Okay, partially. Oh, partial removal. Wait, so, like, the incident was, and the airbag, came, this, okay, I, this is hurting me thinking about this. Can you say fellatio on a, on, <laughs> I mean, I guess so, it's a, a medical term, isn't okay. it? yeah. Maybe. I don't know, it's just a random question. <laughs> All right, either way, that's what was going on in Florida. Don't okay. do that when you're driving, and don't crash into the FedEx truck, but if you were in Florida and your stuff delayed, by FedEx. Could be that. Could Let's be talk that. about fuel a little bit. I just drove by my gas station here in Chattanooga, and I noticed it went up about like 40 cents today, guys. 40 cents from yeah. yesterday. It was kind of stabilizing. It was kind of going, you know, jagged little high edge, and today it just jumped right back up after a dip. Let's play a little video here. Well, I hope you didn't have any travel plans this summer. Uh, looking a little expensive out there. Gas is going up faster than people who've been tracking this stuff for years now can keep up with. 
And at the rate things are going, there's not going to be anywhere in the country where you can find gas for less than five bucks a gallon. Yeah, you know the little screens on there that sometimes they play the like the news and stuff on the on the on the on the fill, on the on the pumps. Yeah. So this morning when I went there it was thirty eight cents higher than yesterday. Gas, oh. right? So the thing that comes up, mortgage refinancing was the very first you know, ad. What, why don't we have these commercials <laughs> at the pumps pay for these high gas rates? What about that? Exactly. Commercialize it, make it better for us. I think they should. Well, here's, in New a, here's a reason why you should keep. Here's right. a reason why you should keep your eyes on the road. Let's play this video. All right, look at this guy. He's coming down the road. It's, it's a four-wheeler. It's always a four-wheeler who's going to do something stupid here. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. look at this guy. Look at this guy. Uh, where's he going? Whoa. He's not even looking Whoa. in his mirror. Whoa. And now and red cars, like, red cars all over the road. Yeah. It just freaks him out. And then he's such a good dude. He just, or she, whatever. They just leave. What's see the- <laughs> Run him off the road. I had nothing to see here. Wasn't me. Bye. Rooster, what's the stupidest uh, thing you've seen a four-wheeler do when you've been driving? Uh, going across the median at speed in Louisiana, going uh, from uh, westbound to eastbound I ten. Huh? What about uh, you? Did not even slow down, just cut through it. Just cut right through it. Did he? Did his car handle it fine? Were you impressed by its ability to do so? Hell, it was a probably a 18, 19 year old kid with his uh, pickup truck. His dad bought him, and yeah. he didn't care. Well, things like that, right? Sometimes I'm going to do something really stupid, but it's also impressive at the same time. Like, wow, it was really dumb you tried that, but I'm surprised <laughs> you landed it. Justin, what's the dumbest thing you've seen? I-70, Colorado, years ago, had a guy going the opposite direction, no headlights on. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I didn't even register it in my head, like the first 10 seconds. I just, it was a blur, and I was like, son of a bitch, this guy was just driving the opposite side of the road. Oh, that was. Can you apologize for that, finally, Michael? For what? Oh, driving on the side of the road. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think anybody was watching me at hey, that time. There's, no, there's nothing worse when you park your own car to get your mirrors took off. It's even worse when you park your truck. Here's why you don't park next to the train tracks. It gets worse. <laughs> it's 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 it. it does. No. And then this guy comes out. I can fix this. I can fix this. Yeah, don't worry. My dad's got a my dad's got a bitching set of tools, man. We'll fix it. Oh, and the sword comes off. Yeah, he ran away finally. I rip everything off. I think he thought he was going to jump in there and move it real quick, right? Is is that what the insurance company calls (laughs) a total loss? I would guess that. (laughs) Guessing the value of that car, I would say yeah. Oh wait, so Rooster, uh, before, can you give us a quick uh, synopsis on what's going on? You put an article up there that says our support services for truckers vanishing. Um, Just give people a quick tease on that article because it's up on backthetruckup.com. Basically, it came up the depending at uh, support services like restaurants, laundries, uh, dog washes are leaving the truck stops and, you know, renovating older truck stops to have more modern amenities. It's not feasible because they don't have the proper plumbing, the proper footprint to do it. But you've seen a lot of newer truck stop builds like Love's, especially, You've seen laundromats being added into their new builds. And also, we got an article on the site with the... We don't have time for that, Rooster. Go to backthetruckup.com to read that. We don't have time for anything. You guys have to guess. Hot Wheel, most expensive Hot Wheel. Rooster. 68,000. 58? 68. 68. (laughs) What are you going to say, Justin? I said 800,000. 
It, it's 175,000. We got it's a 69 peak. Uh, rear loading beach bomb. There's only been two made. That's why for the center of gravity. Yeah, yeah the, up, the right? center of gravity was too high. It's a prototype, never released. Okay, follow back the truck up on or back the truck on Twitter. Find me at Timothy Dooner. Find him at Vincent Dudu. Tell him how to be. Don't be. Straight. Hey, spread peace and love everywhere.